Hello, thank you for joining LTC NAC Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Post-Acute Care Nursing, APACN. I'm your host, Amy Stewart, Vice President of Education and Certification Strategy for APACN. I'm here today with APACN Curriculum Development Specialist, Jesse McGill, to talk about some of the highlights from APACN's Nurse Assessment Coordinator Work Time Study and Salary Report. Welcome, Jesse. Thanks so much for having me today, Amy. Let's dive right in. A packet sent out a survey this summer to both members and non-members who are nurse assessment coordinators asking questions regarding education and experience, salary, challenges, meetings, and then time spent completing MDS assessments. Let's start with the education and experience. What did you find as significant from this survey? That is a great question to start with, Amy. And one of the most significant findings that I saw was that 51%, so more than half, just more than half of the NAC surveyed, had five or fewer years of experience as a nurse assessment coordinator, so in that specialized role with the MDS. But 80% had 10 or more years of experience in long-term care, which tells me that even though we have a lot of turnover and a lot of new NACs within the last five years, there's a significant amount of experience within these nurses. And having those seasoned nurses in this key role for the MDS, which drives the accuracy of our quality measures and our reimbursement, is really key to the success of nurse assessment coordinators. That is interesting information. Were there any other significant findings with education and experience? Oh, Amy, there was so much information here, and there's so much that we can look at and really speculate from. But one of the things I did notice was that we've had a decrease, at least of those NACs who were surveyed, that are LPNs or LVNs. So back in 2015, when we did the work study report, there was 20% of those surveyed were LPN or LVN. That number stayed the same, 20% in 2017, but dropped to 17% in the 2021 study. We also noted that majority of the nurse assessment coordinators have the associate degree RN. That was 44% of those that were surveyed. And then 27% of those are bachelor prepared. Now, when it comes to experience, 7% of NACs for this year's survey were new within the last year. And of course, this was a really a complex year to start as a new NAC with the public health emergency of COVID-19 still ongoing and uh, seen a lot of turnover of the position. So we, of course, expected to see new NACs, but 7% this year, which increased from our prior survey in 2017, which was 6% new NACs within the first year, which was a huge increase from 2015, which was only 1%. The percent of LPNs decreasing since 2017 and 2015 really surprises me, especially with the staffing shortage. I had actually thought we would see an increase in LPN usage in the role of the NAC. Well, let's move on to the salary reports. Often, this is something that peers do not discuss with each other. However, It can be very beneficial for NACs to know what the average wage is in their area. What insights did you glean from this survey? 
Oh, that's another great question and a great point because, uh, you know, wage and salary is one of those areas that a lot of people do not openly discuss. But from this work study report, we found that the average salary was 76,552. So that's on average based on those NACs who we surveyed. But the number one impact of the salary was the geographical location. So what we saw was the West region, which includes California and a lot of the states in that West area, had significantly higher wages than other regions and well above the average. The Northeast region was also higher than the national average, but the Midwest and the South regions were lower than that national average. And that makes sense to me because the cost of living in many of those areas that you mentioned are much higher. So it sounds like the wages are appropriate for that area. That's very true, Amy. You cannot expect to make the same salary as someone that's living in a high cost area. Yeah. Did you also see variations between urban and rural facilities? We did see a difference, but not as significant as with the geographical locations. The rural average was just under $70,000, and the urban average was almost $76,000, so that's about 8% higher than our rural facilities. But one thing that I did note that was kind of surprising to me is that there was very little difference between our for-profit and our nonprofit facilities. So let's jump now to the MDS assessments. What significant differences in MDS completion did you find with this survey? Great question, Amy. And this is something that is of high interest to the nurse assessment coordinator. So they have some kind of comparison point of whether they are really working efficiently or not. Now, one thing that I thought was really significant was the comprehensive assessments. Now, when we look at the time to complete just the MDS portion of the comprehensive assessment, that's really has stayed consistent over the years. So back in 2015, our comprehensive MDS took about 80 minutes. Now, this does not include completion of the care area assessments, just the MDS portion. So 80 minutes back in 2015, 80 minutes in 2017, and then a slight bump to 87 minutes in 2021. But of course, we had a few things that were added to the comprehensive assessment between 2017 and 2021. Where there was a very profound difference was in the care area assessments. So I'll just work back through our previous studies. In 2015, the average amount of time to complete the care area assessments per comprehensive assessment was 193 minutes. This decreased just a little bit in 2017 to 171 minutes and then dropped significantly in 2021 to 46 minutes. Now, that is a very substantial change based on historic reports of how long it takes to complete the care area assessments. Now, I want to point out, too, that the actual completion of the care plan, that also stayed consistent over time. 58 minutes was reported in 2015, 54 minutes in 2017, and that remained the same, 54 minutes in 2021. So when we look at the changes over time, it was really just the decrease in the time to complete the care area assessments from previous surveys to this year's survey. That's really interesting information, Jesse, because 
when I was working as a consultant, we used this time study to help us identify how many NACs we would need. And you're saying that the care area assessment time to complete it went down dramatically. Do you have any speculation on why there was such a dramatic decrease in the time spent on CA completion? Great point and great question, Amy, because that's one thing that we want to make sure that we have in place as we emerge on the other side of the public health emergency. And when we look at how long it takes to complete cause today and how much time should be allotted to complete the care area assessments, that's really where the focus should be. So, of course, we can speculate on why we saw a decreased time in the care area assessments reported across this last year. Number one, the pandemic. Uh, Now, if we look back to the beginning of the pandemic, we had that MDS completion and submission waiver in place. Now, that was terminated, but when it was in place, we did not have that strict deadline to complete and submit MDSs, which means a lot of residents, by the time we were able to get back to that MDS to submit it or, or complete it, they've already discharged. So at that point, completing the care area assessments for a resident who are no longer completing care for is kind of a moot point. It, it's something that we could do very quickly. I wasn't going to drive the care plan at that point because the care plan is no longer needed for a resident who is discharged. Now, this could be also an ongoing issue with staffing. Of course, we are in a nationwide nurse shortage and not just nurses, CNAs also. So that direct care staff shortage where MDS nurses are being pulled out of the office to work the floor as nurses, as CNAs to help out in any way they can to get through uh, staffing crises is another reason why the time spent on cause likely has decreased because we have not had the time to allot to completing those care area assessments. Now, lastly, we do have a lot of new NACs. So the newer nurse assessment coordinators may not have received efficient training. And we did see in the time study that our newer NACs, especially those with less long-term care experience, are completing the care area assessments significantly quicker than those that have had 10 plus years of long-term care experience. So in other words, you don't think the NACs are just getting really fast at writing cause? You know, it's a process, Amy. Um, It's a critical thinking process. And when you have someone, especially when we're looking at a environment today where we have clinically complex residents that are sick and need a lot of care, they're going to be triggering a lot of care areas. And each of those care areas requires an investigation so that we can adequately write a call, understand the problem for the resident, understand those contributing factors, and have that efficient and effective care plan. What do you think the biggest risk to inadequate care area assessment summary notes is? Oh, Amy, it has to be the care plan. You know, the MDS is a minimum data set, which means it is a minimum amount of data. It doesn't complete the full picture. It is often referred to as a screening tool where it has those care area triggers, which alert you to say, hey, this area needs more investigation. And that's the care area assessment piece. Again, it's that critical thinking piece where we do that analysis and deep dive to really understand this problem. Now, if we have a 
poorly worked care area. So we didn't take the time to really understand this problem for the resident. That means we could have inadequate interventions that don't fully prevent a decline from occurring because we didn't fully understand the problem. Having these inadequate care area assessments can lead to inadequate interventions in our care planning process, and it can lead to substandard care or even have some negative impacts on the quality of care that the resident receives. That's great information, Jesse. Let's wrap up with your final thoughts on how NACs and facility leadership can use a Packins NAC work time study and salary report in their own facilities. Oh, Amy, you touched on this a little bit earlier when you said that you used to use the report as a consultant to identify how many NACs you need. And that's a really great starting point is to really look at what are the FTEs, that full-time equivalent staff that we need for the nurse assessment coordinator? Now, the work study is really great for this because we can look at the average time that it takes to complete different portions of the MDS. And it also guides us to really think comprehensively about all those areas that really take away from the next time for the MDS. So how many meetings are they in? How long are those meetings? Are those meetings effective and efficient for the NAC? And any other extra duties that the NAC may be working? You know, is it manager on duty? Are they on call? Do they have different rounds that they have to do? Making sure all that time is incorporated and then looking at, you know, if I have a new NAC, they may need more time than our average on our work study to complete the assessments. They may need more time to work through the cause and more time to create a care plan because with experience, there is some speed that increases. However, with experience, you also really are able to enhance the critical thinking point and write really great care area assessments that will help drive that resident-centered care plan. So when we look at this and we are able to establish and allot the needed time for success in the MDS department, that's going to lead to quality care of our residents. It's going to lead to the quality and integrity of an accurate MDS assessment. And whenever we have an accurate MDS assessment, that means our payment, our reimbursement, whether it is Medicare or if our Medicaid uses case mix uh, payment, that is also accurate. Our quality measurements, which are publicly reported, are accurate, as well as the areas that the surveyors look at, the MDS, the cause, the care plan, that's all going to really feed to a more successful survey. Thank you, Jesse. There are some great highlights from the study, and there's so much more for NACs and nurse leaders to learn from the information that we collected this year. Listeners can go to www.apacken.org and then search for work study to learn more. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. For more resources and tools for the nurse assessment coordinators, please visit our website. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the LTC NAC Chat Podcast. Heard the news about how you can improve quality care and increase efficiency with Ability? Ability offers a range of applications to simplify the complexity of healthcare, allowing organizations of all types and sizes to spend more time on care and less time manually collecting, analyzing, and reporting data.
This allows you to remain in compliance while making data-driven decisions that benefit residents. With Ability, your facility can improve resident outcomes, optimize reporting data, enhance reimbursements, and much, much more. Discover what Ability has to offer at abilitynetwork.com slash a pack-in.